When a team is faced with adverse circumstances, that is when culture shines the most. And that is what's going to have to happen with Shane Beamer and the South Carolina Gamecocks on Saturday night. You are Locked On Gamecocks, your daily podcast on the South Carolina Gamecocks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Gamecock Nation, and welcome back to the Locked On Gamecocks Podcast. I am Andrew Lyon, the host of this podcast, and you can find my written work, as always, over on Gamecocks Digest on SI.com. Thank y'all so much for making the Locked On Gamecocks podcast your first listen or watch for your team every day. We are free and available both on YouTube and wherever you get your audio podcasts daily. Today's show is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off your first purchase. It is game day E for the second time in the 2023 season for Shane Beamer and the Gamecocks. And last week on game day eve, there was a lot of excitement surrounding the team. There was a lot of anticipation for their week one matchup against the North Carolina Tar Heels in the Dukes Mayo Kickoff Classic in Charlotte, North Carolina. This week, the feeling is admittedly a little bit different. There's a bit of an uneasiness around the program right now especially with the way they were defeated by the Tar Heels this past weekend. And considering all the circumstances heading into what's become a dangerous trap game against the Furman Paladins, Shane Beamer's culture that he's instilled over the past two years will need to be out in full force on Saturday night. When it comes to these FBS versus FCS type of matchups, there's a lot of stereotypical thoughts that fans and pundits alike have about those kind of games. Most of those pundits and fans, they never worry about the FBS team losing in these kind of matchups because they talk about the talent on paper. South Carolina has 26 blue chip prospects on their roster. The Furman Paladins, unless there's a particular transfer on their roster, they don't have any former four or five star players that were listed as such coming out of high school. They look at the size comparison between both teams. There's always some sort of factoid that's thrown out there that says the average size of South Carolina's offensive line is like six foot three, 310 pounds, just arbitrary numbers. And the average size of Furman's defensive line is six foot one, 275. You always see those stats get thrown out there. And these games always take place at the FBS team's home venue. Obviously, South Carolina is never making the short trip up to Greenville, South Carolina to play Furman. They're never making a short trip down to the Charleston area to play the Citadel at their own stadium. South Carolina is always hosting these matchups. And the FCS teams, they rarely play in front of a crowd that big during their careers at those schools. And so when these type of matchups take place, everybody basically leans into those stereotypes and pretty much always say there's absolutely no way that things could go wrong for the FBS program in this game. Well, for this contest, Gamecock fans, you're going to need to take all of those stereotypes that I just addressed and you're going to need to toss them out the window because this is not Eastern Illinois from 2021. This is not Charleston Southern from 2019. This is the number six ranked FCS team in the country in the Furman Paladins. 
This is an in-state program that has become a mainstay at the FCS level over the past couple years. And they're going to come in here looking to spoil sort of the entire season outlook for South Carolina's football team. And the thing that's a bit concerning about this game is there's a lot of extenuating circumstances, both self-inflicted and not self-inflicted, that the Gamecocks will or could be battling on Saturday night. Let's address the first extenuating circumstance, which is pressure. South Carolina totally brought this on themselves. When you go out there in week one, and you don't just lose to a geographic rival on national television in North Carolina, but you lose in the fashion that you did. You get beat up on both lines of scrimmage. You essentially allow Drake May to do just about whatever you want, while your own quarterback, at times, is running for his life out there on the football field. You end up finishing the game with negative two rushing yards. When you lose in that fashion, it's very embarrassing for your program. It makes you a laughing stock for at least the next week, and especially would have been the case if it wasn't for LSU and Clemson losing over the next couple of nights. And it changes everyone's expectations that they have for you. Now, in terms of that latter portion, maybe that's not all a bad thing, but the thing is, we came into this season expecting South Carolina to buck the trend of having these slow starts at the beginning of these seasons. And that did not happen this past Saturday. Most people sort of suspected on South Carolina's side of things that they were going to win this game. I predicted South Carolina to win comfortably. I could not have been more wrong about how that game was going to play out. So South Carolina, they have pressure from that game. And the other thing is, they have everything to lose coming into this game. Furman has everything to gain. If Furman loses, they were expected to lose. They're in the FCS program. They're just going to go about their business and they'll continue their season the very next week. If South Carolina loses, it's not exactly DEFCON 1, but it's pretty doggone close to it. You look at the injury situation. you got a bunch of important players that are out for this game. Nick Emmonworry, Jatias Gear, and Mo Kappa. Nick Emmonworry, especially, that's a big loss. This is a defensive leader, honestly, on this team. One of the most productive and talented players on this team. When you have a guy out there like Nick Emmonworry, you almost feel like that you've got a great equalizer, especially when you've got him in that defensive backfield. That's a guy that can sort of cover up other mistakes like spaghetti sauce, like Dal Loggins mentioned about Spencer Rattler at his Wednesday press conference earlier this week. But when Nick Emmonworry is not out there, that sort of wears on the minds of your teammates because not only do they miss having their buddy out there with them, but at the same time, everybody inherently knows that they've got to be more focused, that the margin for error is now a lot smaller because you don't have that eraser back there in Nick Emmonworry to help you in case you do make a mistake. Mo Kappa, we all know why that could wear on some of these Gamecock defenders' minds because he's been through so much with his injuries. And that kind of emotion can carry over into a football game. The weather is something that could factor into this game. There's a call for rain the majority of the afternoon and evening on Saturday in Columbia. Now, that's not to say this is going to basically turn into an absolute slugfest, but if it does end up raining for an extensive period of time on Saturday night, 
what typically happens in those kind of games is it becomes a battle of rushing attacks because you can't throw the football. Guys can't run very well on that slippery field. So you have to basically give the ball to your running backs. And to be honest with you, when you look at the stats, when you look at sort of what the perception is right now of both teams rushing attacks, that would honestly give an advantage to Furman. They averaged 212 rushing yards per game in 2022. South Carolina, again, they didn't even get positive yardage in terms of running the football in week one. So I would be worried if I was a Gamecock fan and it starts to rain big time on Saturday night. And then you got the experience factor. South Carolina, again, they are a younger team in terms of their overall depth chart. And they're relying on a lot more younger players. You'll probably see more younger players going out there to play on Saturday night. Furman is a team that I mentioned before returns 20 starters and 38 out of their 44 two deep players from this past season. This is an experienced football team. Sure, maybe they've not played in many stadiums like Williams-Brice Stadium. We do have to take that into account. But at the same time, experience is experience. It's no different for those guys in terms of playing the game itself. And so, you look at all those factors. There's a lot that could go against South Carolina on Saturday night. And that's where Shapiro's culture has to come in. Above all else, fighting for one another because of how much you love one another, no matter the circumstances. That is the essence of Shapiro's culture that he's worked so hard to build and implement into this program over the past couple of years. And that's about to get tested again in this Week 2 matchup. In a game that, again, if South Carolina's not careful, it could turn to an absolute knockdown, dragout fight. All the way to the bitter end. And this is where, therefore, his culture has to show up the most. Because South Carolina's going to have adversity on Saturday night. It's not going to go smoothly. I'll be stunned if they win this game comfortably, honestly. There's a lot of factors going against them. Furman's going to treat this game like it's their Super Bowl. It's an in-state program, an FBS program, a program that's got a big name in Spencer Rattler at the quarterback position. Furman wins this game. They're the talk of the entire country to a certain degree for the next week and potentially for the rest of the year depending on how they win. So the Gamecocks are going to need something that is not 100% superficial to motivate them on Saturday night, and that is Shane Beamer's culture. It's got to show up because if the culture does not show up in full force on Saturday night, and again, some of these factors really go against the Gamecocks, then this game, it could go down a road that would shock this football team and would shock the fan base to its core. Above all else, has got to be there on Saturday night along with every other fan in that stadium. Now, there's going to be a few different things that South Carolina is going to have to do to win this football game against Furman to prevent this game from being as close as it could possibly be. And I'm going to touch on their three keys to victory in just a couple moments right here on Locked On Gamecocks. Today's show is brought to you by Neutrophil. Did you know that 80% of men will experience hair thinning at some point in their lifetime? It's normal, but it doesn't have to be your fate. You can get ahead of hair thinning with Neutrophil. Neutrophil is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement out there. 
In a clinical study, 84% of men showed improvement in their hair after six months of taking Nutrafil men's hair growth supplements. Take the first step to visibly thicker and healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafil is offering our listeners and viewers $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafil.com men and enter promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE. Find out why 4,000 healthcare professionals recommend Nutrafil for healthier hair. Nutrafil.com slash men, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com slash men, and enter promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE. That's Nutrafil.com slash men, promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE. Welcome back to this Friday edition of the Lockdown Game Pass Podcast, where we cover your team every single day. And as always, thank you to each and every one of you every day for making us your first watch on YouTube or your first listen wherever you get your audio podcasts daily. There are three different things that must happen in this game for South Carolina to bounce back with a victory in Week 2 against the Furman Paladins. This first factor that I'm going to touch on might surprise you to a certain degree because this is something that South Carolina typically excels in. Something that South Carolina typically has a very steep advantage in. But in this game, it might not quite be the case. South Carolina has got to win the special teams battle in this contest. The first reason why I think this is because I do believe, as I will go over in a little bit, that this is going to be a close game. I don't think that South Carolina is going to win this game comfortably And when you have games with very close margins, typically one of the factors that decides who ends up winning the game is special teams. So for the Gamecocks, I'm not going to say they're going to need a trick play because gosh knows if you need a special teams trick play against Furman to win that football game, uh, we've got bigger problems that we're going to have to address this next week. But you cannot make mistakes. Kai Kroger has got to do well punting the football when he has to on Saturday night. Mitch Jeter cannot miss multiple field goal attempts, for example, on his end. South Carolina cannot have any fumbles on punt return or kickoff return. Multiple different things that can possibly go wrong on special teams, which is why it should be valued more by coaches in this sport. We all saw how it can affect a game like the Duke-Clemson game. Duke, they lost momentum in that game in the first half because they fumbled the football on a punt return, gave Clemson great field position. They turned around and scored their only touchdown of the night. Now, it didn't end up backfiring on them long-term, but those are the kind of plays that can add up in a tight football game. So if you're the Gamecocks, just don't make mistakes. Play mistake-free football on special teams. And keep in mind, Furman... They're no slouch when it comes to their special teams units. They led the FCS in blocked kicks in 2022. Now, again, they typically don't face a team that has as much size and speed and physicality as South Carolina has. Sure. But great special teams play. Typically, it's not just athleticism, but it is great fundamentals. And clearly, Furman's got that in spades. So, South Carolina, do not let Furman beat you at your own game. Do not let them best you at special teams because if they do, um, again, that's where this game could possibly swing in the favor of the Paladins. Another key to victory in this game for the Gamecocks. 
You've got to find a way to get the Titans more involved in the passing game, in my opinion. Week one, that did not happen. Trey Knox had one or two catches. One of them got the Gamecocks inside the Tar Heels 10-yard line, which I believe eventually led to a touchdown for the Gamecocks, if I recall correctly. But otherwise, we did not hear Trey Knox and Joshua Simon's names get called very much in Charlotte. That has got to change this Saturday night. It's been made clear by Dow Loggins and Shane Beamer, based on the way they've talked about this offensive line unit, that these pass protection issues, they're not going to be corrected in just one week. It's going to take some time to try and work around these issues. Which means the quick passing game, you'll probably see become a lot more prevalent in this offense, which is unfortunate because you got good weapons on the edge to use in the deep passing game, but you've also got to protect your quarterback. Here's the thing. You cannot always use the horizontal passing game, the horizontal screen game, as your quick passing game. That's all well and good, but you got to have something else to keep the defense honest in the quick passing game. And you could use your tight ends to accomplish that. You could use your tight ends in the screen game. You could use your tight ends on some spacing routes where they just basically run about four or five yards down the field, look for green grass, turn around, look for the football. It might not be what Joshua Simon and Trey Knox necessarily wanted in their roles when they joined this football program this offseason, but you're going to have to do that to get things going. You've got to feed them the rock somewhat, make the defenses respect the entirety of the field when it comes to the short passing game, not just the perimeter, but also the middle of the field as well. You have to do that, especially this week against Furman, who as good as they are, are technically one of the easier opponents on your schedule, your gauntlet of a schedule that you're going to have to deal with this fall. The last key to victory in this game for South Carolina, they've got to contain Furman quarterback Tyler Huff. Tyler Huff, he might not be a Lenore Sellers, but Tyler Huff is a very, very good athlete. This is a kid that rushed for over 650 yards in 2022, scored eight touchdowns on the ground. He threw 15 touchdown passes all year this past fall. So Tyler Huff is clearly a guy that he might not be necessarily prolific in the air, but he can make you pay with his dual threat ability. He averaged 57.8 rushing yards per game in 2022. South Carolina, for the longest time, they have struggled against dual-threat quarterbacks. There's, that's no secret in Columbia. If an FCS team like Furman was going to pull off the upset, if South Carolina is going to be in serious trouble in this game, I would imagine that that would mean that the defensive front has not done a good job of containing quarterback Tyler Huff. If you're the defensive line, you've got to do a better job of wreaking havoc up front. Whether they use their quick passing game or not, you've got to get to this quarterback. Get your hands up. Deflect some passes at the last scrimmage. You've got to do something. If you're Debo Williams and Stone Blanton, Bam Martin Scott, Drayson Pup Howard, all those guys expected to play this week, you cannot let this guy basically just run on past you for first downs multiple times in this game. If South Carolina does not contain quarterback Tyler Huff, then this game's going to become a lot more difficult on that side of the football. They're going to extend drives. South Carolina's defense will get worn out. They'll get tired. If the weather ends up going sideways, if it does end up raining 
for a long period of time on Saturday night. And this turns into a battle of ground attacks. Furman's going to have an advantage because you can't just worry about their running back. You've also got to worry about their quarterback. That's no offense meant to Spencer Rattler, who's a good athlete in his own right. But I would not classify Rattler as a dual-threat quarterback. I don't think any Gamecock fan would that really thinks reasonably about the game of football. Tyler Huff, different story. This guy can make you pay with his legs if you let him. So keep him content within the pocket. Don't let him make a bunch of plays happen with his legs on Saturday night. If you could do that, then you will come out of this with a victory. But do I think the Gamecocks are going to exit Saturday night with a victory over the Palatins? I'll give you all my final thoughts and prediction in just a few moments. Today's show is brought to you by Game Time. Now, the South Carolina Gamecocks' first home game this Saturday night, it is sold out. It's a great representation of Gamecock fans, how loyal they are to their football program. But South Carolina's not the only team that's going to be playing this weekend. The Carolina Panthers, they're taking on the Atlanta Falcons in Atlanta on Sunday afternoon at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. And you might be thinking about double dipping this weekend. Maybe you want to go to South Carolina's game and the Carolina Panthers game as well. And if you're worried about maybe being left out at the last moment for the Panthers game, you don't have to worry because game time is going to have you covered. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. And they've also got the game time guarantee, which means you'll always get the best price. If you can find a lower price in that same section and row, you will get credit at 110% of the difference. Snap the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LockedOnCollege for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LockedOnCollege for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Welcome back to today's edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, where we cover your South Carolina Gamecocks every single day in just 30 minutes. All right, for my final thoughts on this game between South Carolina and the Furman Paladins, I think that South Carolina is going to find a way to pull this one out in the end. But I don't think this is going to be an easy game by any means. I've kind of hinted at it all week long. I'm legitimately worried about this football game. I really do feel like that there is a chance for a perfect storm of circumstances to sort of overwhelm the Gamecocks on Saturday night. Again, you talk about the pressure coming into this game of needing to bounce back after what North Carolina did to you in Charlotte this past weekend. You talk about some of the injuries that have taken place mainly on the defensive side of the ball. Juice Wells and Amari Brown are both expected to play this week. But at least as far as Juice Wells is concerned, we all know what happened this past weekend. They said he was good to go. And what that meant basically was that he was going to play through whatever injury he's dealing with right now. And he didn't even finish the game against North Carolina. I think he got targeted one time in that football game. So there's no guarantee that Juice Wells is going to be a massive factor in this game. Even though it's against an FCS team in the Furman Paladins. I don't care. An injury is an injury. Juice Wells cannot control that. And then you also talk about the weather. The fact that it could rain. Weather can change a lot of things in a football game. It can change the way the football game is being played. It can change 
sort of the entire feeling of the football team, especially for South Carolina. If it starts raining, it could be very easy for some of these guys to just kind of sit there and go, oh, great. Well, we already had a mountain of different factors that were going against us coming into this game, and now we got to play through the sopping rain. That does happen. I can promise you, that does happen. Again, the hope for the staff has to be that if it does end up raining on Saturday night, one, it doesn't rain a significant amount for a long period of time, and two, if it does end up happening that way, some of these players don't mentally check out and basically just kind of sleepwalk through this game thinking, we can just lean on Furman for the next three or four quarters or whatever, and we're going to be okay. The way this offensive line played last week, I don't think we can guarantee that they can just lean on the Furman Paladins with how good their team is. So, to get to my final score prediction, I do think South Carolina's going to win. I think that South Carolina's going to win by a final score of 27-24. to If I knew without a shadow of a doubt that it was going to rain a lot on Saturday night, I would probably predict an even lower score. I don't think that either team is going to put up a ton of points in this game. And I do think that the weather is the X factor here. If it turns into a battle of rushing attacks, South Carolina, in my opinion, could be in a lot of trouble. Because again, I don't necessarily think that that would favor them in this game. If it does not rain, though, and South Carolina is able to play their game on offense, which, until further notice, is basically, Spencer Rattler, you sit back there in the pocket and you make things happen. You can get away with that in this game against the Furman Paladins. You can. South Carolina's defense. We've got to see them get to this quarterback this week. And I do know that North Carolina, again, Chip Lindsey had a great game plan this past weekend in terms of the quick passing game, keeping six, sometimes seven people back there to protect Drake May. South Carolina did not get back there very often, but it wasn't like it was just because their pass rush was just flat out pathetic and awful. That was not completely the case. Now, rush defense is a different story. This defensive line, in my opinion, has got to impose their will a lot more in terms of rush defense this week. They cannot leave this game on the shoulders of Debo Williams and Stone Blanton and all of those defensive backs in terms of stopping the run. They cannot do that for the second week in a row. Those guys need to come out there and, quite frankly, they need to play angry. That's what they need to do in this game. If South Carolina comes out there with the right attitude, if they're not thinking about all the extenuating circumstances in this game, then I think that they'll be okay. But if they sort of let things pile up mentally and Furman also sticks around in this game, which, again, I think they're going to, then this game will be close. You might be sweating bullets in the fourth quarter. It might be kind of like the Vanderbilt game in 2021 where you're sitting there and you cannot comprehend the fact that Furman is in this game, but they very well are, and they believe that they can win. They're going to treat this game like it is their Super Bowl. And those kind of teams are just as dangerous as teams that feel like that their backs are against the wall. And they have nothing to lose. But South Carolina has everything to lose in this game. So Shane Beamer and this coaching staff, their coaching abilities are going to be put to the test in full this weekend. It already has been put to the test this week. 
in terms of trying to make sure that they get their guys ready for this game. Coming off of a game where, again, they got flat out embarrassed on national television. This is either going to go very well, or this is going to go really bad. I don't feel like there's really any in-between. I still trust the Gamecocks will find a way to win. But, you cannot count out the Paladins here. You can't. If the Gamecocks do that, then they could be the ones waking up on Sunday morning and asking themselves, what the heck happened last night? Hopefully that's not the case, because if it is, then, uh, boy, this next week, we're going to have to have some tough conversations if they can't beat Furman. So, with that being said, that's going to do it for today's edition of the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast. I hope y'all thoroughly enjoyed today's show, as always. How much of an important role do you think culture is going to have in this game against the Furman Paladins? What do you think are the keys to victory for the Gamecocks in this ballgame? And how do you think things are going to shake out? Let me know your thoughts down below in the comments section if you watch today's show on YouTube or shoot me a direct message on Twitter at A-Line underscore SC if you listen to today's show on an audio podcast app. As always, thank y'all so much for tuning in. Have a great rest of your Friday. Have a fantastic weekend. Happy game day eve to all of you. And for those of you traveling to the game, please be safe, especially if it does end up raining as this game is set to get underway. I'll be sure to catch y'all on the next show of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast.